Hello, everybody. Um, my name is George, obviously, and that handsome man over there is Mr. Mr. Reinforced Larson, Mr. Johnny Reinforced Larson. This is the deep dive, which is just going into, um, yeah, just the history behind talent, players, and, and bits and pieces like that. I thought I'd sit down with a handsome man over here and just talk about you, Johnny, basically. I talked to you a little bit a, a second ago about, you know, sometimes the Overwatch League doesn't de di dive deep into storylines and, like, history of people and players and, and whatnot, and I want to make sure people know all about you, Johnny, so... So yeah, am I? Uh, I just I'm want you to, to be describe here. yourself. That's good. This, this, is, this, is, this is great, Jaws. I'm honored that I'm like the first guest on this on this interview show of yeah. yours. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm, re I'm really honored that you uh, that you invited my, me first. Let's make it a good one, yeah. Let's make, Let's it, make it a good super one. Super insightful. Let's, oh. Yeah. Also, to get the comments out of the way first, yes, I fucking injured my finger. I cut it on a can so if i'm gesturing and there's a white blob on my hand it's because i cut my finger and it sucks unlucky we gotta start over go you cursed in the first like one minute of the thing Dude, you know that's my youtube channel and... is not monetized so all right it's all good don't worry sure. i'm not losing any money Just if you want to give sure me money jaws.gg there you go johnny i want you to describe yourself <laughs> act like this is a resume but seriously though no I know, oh like, my god I want to know about you, Johnny. I want you to describe yourself if you were given the chance like it was a job resume, like for your first job. How would you describe yourself? Uh, <laughs> um, so a resume, Jesus Christ, this is so hard. Oh my God, I hate <laughs> this. What a terrible question, mate. This is this is literally so bad. Describe myself. Uh, we're getting, we're now, getting the hard ones out first, John. Don't if, worry. Okay, if I'm legitimately at a job yeah. interview... Um, and you know, I'm I'm describing myself. Um, I describe myself as um, hardworking, um, someone who takes initiative, um, generally brings a a good vibe to to like the office space and Yay, like uh, that's good. good mood. Um, what were you laughing like? That's not no, true. no, 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 no. <laughs> I know it's it's true. It's true. It's true. Um, and um, very. Uh, it's not self-sufficient, but um, you, you know, I, I you know, I kind of like like setting up like my frame of mind, like my go my goals, my like to-do list, and like I like mm. I just like getting like to work on it. You know, um, I work best alone, so okay. I guess I guess you know that that, that doesn't make sense because I work on a desk with with other people. But like, if I'm really like like wh whenever we did group projects in school, like I'd sometimes just do like the group projects myself. Cause I was just like, I, I literally don't care about your input. And I just want to get this done. Cause I know it'll be good. And yeah, like you guys will fair. just, I, well, it's, you know, now when I said it like that, that sounds really awful, but you know, I, I just had certain people on my project sometimes. And I just be like, you're not going to contribute to make this any good. So I'll just do it for us. <laughs> it's, it's not <laughs> awful, but yeah, I, 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 th I, I, I take initiative and I want to make sure shit gets done. Well yeah. in that regard, so uh, no, I think that's good. I I would say uh, I think a lot of people think that way, you know, just especially motivated the people. There you go. Okay, well, okay, that's a good one. <laughs> add, add a cherry on top there. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, I think that's good. I, in general, I was kind of like that at school, and I think a lot of people kind of vibe with that too. Just kind of getting stuff done on your own, like nothing is ever going to be worked out for you. The slackers in the group projects, where are they now? You know what I'm saying? We're chilling, playing fucking World of Warcraft every day. Like, what are they well, doing? Well, I mean, not sure. Yeah, yeah, M maybe. So, so am I, but oh well. <laughs> do you th do you think that helped you in any way? In like, because obviously you're a pro you're 
of former pro player Jonathan Reinforce Larson. Do you think that in any way kind of helped you when you went into competitive games or like esports? Because that is almost that feels like a very like DPS mentality. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to carry. It's my turn to carry. Did you think that like impacted your or your play or like how you approach like teamwork and stuff uh, when you were a pro? Um, no, I actually don't think so. Um. I don't think I've ever been the player who, who's kind of like, oh, give me all the resources and I'll get this done. You know, e even even like, you know, if we're already diving into Overwatch, like at the height of a, when like Reinhardt was good in like 2016 or whatever, and like we were playing um, where it's like ninjas in pajamas with like frag and stuff. I'd always tell the team, like, I don't want the nano. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? You're the Reinhardt. Of course you're supposed to have the nano. But so I didn't actually want to get the resources back then. And maybe that had to do with a lot of other things. Um, but I think as well... Um, when I grew up, I played a lot of Counter-Strike growing up, but like that was our go-to game, like my Swedish childhood friends group or whatever. I played a lot of Counter-Strike. And, you know, it, if you ever play Counter-Strike, you're actually quite reliant on your teammates to set you up with flashes, set you up with smokes, and actually like teamwork is very much emphasized in that regard. So, you know, maybe I guess the that mentality in CSGO, that would be like, um, you know, flash for me so I can entry um, or, you know, run in and I'll, you know, trade with you something like that but um I, I think when it comes to games you know five versus five you know here's of new earth i played that a ton as well like it's actually very emphasized on teamwork so i think i learned at a pretty early stage that like teamwork is very much needed and so you can't just like care about yourself all the time um but yeah i'm not a damage player because of it yeah so you, you think it changed your kind of perspective when you were reached into like the more competitive side of things so obviously counter-strike like you said it's very popular in europe like it's europe's game i'd say uh is, yeah is no yeah for sure oh my god absolutely like when i got into esports there was like a thriving swedish counter-strike scene uh i'm talking about like local tournaments um one of my childhood friends he uh he was really good at warcraft 3 um and they used to compete in like um regional tournaments um for like warcraft 3 that led into like a, a like a country tournament so like it was literally like regionalized tournaments within sweden for warcraft 3 and counter-strike and you know the, the these esports games so the esport kind of like ecosystem was very different in sweden uh when i grew up and like in i've always like wanted to get back to that somehow where like it's part of like your local community and like you know the other great players from your area and then, you know, you can play with those to elevate, take it one more level, and maybe you play, like, at a statewide level. So, um, yeah, it was a very different thing back then. But it was definitely a lot of Counter-Strike growing up. Was that, would you say that was your favorite game back then? Like, was uh, CS 1.6? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, absolutely. Um, 100%. I played a lot of World of Warcraft, but um, when it came to, like, playing with friends and, like, we would do, like, our lands or whatever, it was, like, a ton of Counter-Strike. And so, you know, CSGO, oh, yeah. I have, like, thousands of hours of um csgo um you know leading into like 2015 2016 so before overwatch came out um i was a counter-strike uh person and then i think the interest kind of like dwindled down in the bad years i can't exactly pinpoint when that was but before csgo came out and even like the first year of csgo i'd say there was a pretty big dip in like the people who actually um like the 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 size of the prize pools and how many people played Counter-Strike. Sometime after like Navi had like a really good 1.6 team to, you know, when CSGO came out, there was a bit of a dip there and people started working on like CSGO or Counter-Strike Pro mod and people would be like, what is the next, you know, thing for Counter-Strike? 
Um, turned out I was CSGO. And since then, um, I went into Overwatch um, and CSGO was on its own kind of trajectory. But it's always been like, I, I guess, you know, now when I'm very much involved with Overwatch, I've been like, holy shit, like such a huge part of my childhood was centered around Counter-Strike. And now I'm like not even following the scene anymore. And it's probably the biggest, second biggest esport after League of Legends, I guess. I made a comment in one of my videos recently that in esports and gaming, like that six years that Overwatch has been out, that's a lifetime for like a lot of people. So it feels like maybe you're you're in your second like lifetime of esports. Because did you compete in Counter Strike at all? Like at the local lands and stuff? Were you competing? No, I wasn't. I wasn't good enough. I mean, I committed like uh, the same kind of like work ethic to uh, to Counter Strike. So I actually used to sit a ton in just like aim trainers and you know like custom games and just like practice like you know shooting. But like that never led anywhere. And I think a big part of that was like teamwork. It's it's it. What I've come to learn in like <clears throat> my later years is that like you you. You know, people say this when it comes to other stuff. If, you know, very cl classic like business example. It's like you you never want to be the smartest person in the room, kind of thing. You know, but um, on the polar opposite, you kind of want to be like the dumbest person in the room because you learn with the environment and like that better environment. It teaches you how to you learn from your peers and it, you'll quickly, so much more quickly, like get up to speed and learn what you know, whatever it is, right? So the fact that like we had our like local kind of like group of friends where we played a lot of Counter Strike together, but we never knew anyone. we like we never knew really like associated with someone who was like really like fantastic or like competed right. at like a, a semi pro level. And so we never had that kind of like next step uh, when it came to like taking our Counter Strike play into uh, into something that could be like you know semi professional or whatever. So that never really happened with Counter Strike. Um, it. it Happened with Quake for a little bit. I had a friend who played a lot of Quake, and we were like three person in, uh, people in my little town that like played Quake, um, and we played that pretty hard. But um, I don't know. I was never like really semi pro at anything before Overwatch, I guess. Really? So you're not even like Heroes of New Earth or anything? You weren't like. Uh, oh, I think the most I got was like 1800 MMR in like Heroes right. of New Earth, which is like you're good, but you're nowhere near like great. The pros, yeah. What was yeah. the big step then? for for you in overwatch like when did you realize that well hang on a sec i'm pretty good at this game like uh to step so, up to becoming pro so pretty funny actually because um i mean you know this but i was actually pretty heavily involved with heroes of the storm when that came out um and that was pretty fascinating because then I, that was my first experience like um like being part of like the early stages of a gaming scene um so you know people try to get together and like organize scrims and stuff for heroes of, Sto heroes of the storm and i can't remember exactly i think i think maybe there were some discords or back then there were like skype channels instead you didn't have discord so you, you know Classic, a yeah. giant fucking skype uh group with all these um here's newer uh, heroes of the storm players and so i really tried to get into that and i think i became quite good in the early stages but then again it was like this next level where it's like you need to get in to like scrims and you need to find a team. Um, but it was very insightful because it taught me a lot about how do you get in touch with like, how do you build like a network in the early stages? Um, and how can you find like an edge when it comes to like the early stages, like people are figuring out the game. Um, and if you pay a lot of attention to like content, if you um, actually like do a lot of like retrospective thinking and like analyzing your own play, you actually find some like clues where it's like, oh, 
going this route actually like makes me stronger comparatively and like you you find those it's it's way easier to uh um to just like find unexplored things that you can really abuse to make you really good at the game whereas like in overwatch at this point like most of the things are pretty figured out in overwatch at this point i'd like to say and now it's about like refining it and a big part is like teamwork and communication so um Heroes of the Storm, it really taught me like how to be part of an early scene, which led into Overwatch. But um, yeah, Heroes of the Storm as well, because, um, you know, if we're fucking doing the deep dive, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, my, li- my living situation at the time was I lived um, I, sh- I lived in the same house with uh, two people who did observing for uh, DreamHack Dream League, Dora 2. Right. Um, and they made a pretty good living, you know, like sustainable living, uh, observing Dora 2 at the time. So when Heroes of the Storm came out, and I lived in a house with them, I'll be like, well, I'll become a Heroes of the Storm observer. So I actually observed Heroes of the Storm for like a year in the European region. Um, and I, I, I think I was pretty good at it. And I got a lot of praise from like casters. But then they just invited like the NA observers to BlizzCon. And I got fucking... Ooh, like, nice. I, 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 I was just like so tired of that shit. I was like, I, I, I observed like the European regional tournament in like the Czech Republic <laughs> for like Heroes of the Storm and like the casters are like, oh, you didn't miss a single kill. And then they didn't invite me to BlizzCon. And I was just like, fucking NA bias. Unbelievable. How can they do that? So that kind of like laid an end to my Heroes of the Storm career. Hey, that's across the board, baby. That's not even just uh, Heroes of the Storm. That's, uh, <laughs> NA bias go crazy. I remember in Europe as well, like especially in League of Legends at the time, it's like, well... And he's always going to get the best gigs and like even the observing and stuff like that. Even if you had like a cracked observer like yourself, it's, it's yeah, tough to I, I think, I think it's natural, scene. but because I live with those guys who are like, yeah, doing Dream League and there you get to do like TI and stuff. I was like, mm. oh, BlizzCon is my TI. I'm going to get For invited sure. to, to BlizzCon. And then I didn't. And I was like, fuck, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> I put so much work into this. So, so yeah. So you really got your uh, foot in the door then. Like you said, you built kind of early networks in Overwatch. Um, was there a point where especially on ladder because i feel like nowadays you were mentioning that it's a lot more about like refinement and knowing the right people and kind of getting in in there that's not really the case anymore where you you don't really need to make a ton of connections i suppose because it is a it's a lot more open like esports is a lot more out there now um whereas i feel like back in the day you're relying on connections to kind of get your foot in the door how did you end up getting your foot actually in the door of Overwatch? Like, who are you talking to at the time? Like, who did you end up first teaming up with? And you're going like, oh, God, like, we're good. Um, so, you know, at the time as well, when I lived in that house, I, I lived with um, Too Good, who I give a lot of um, credit to when it comes to my career. He invited me into that house and, um, you know, saw my passion and work ethic and was like, hey, well, you know, I, we can give you an opportunity here to learn from us and work on the show and, you know, meant that I uh, I spent a lot of time in like a production room, just like learning all the production tools myself. Um, got to be part of that show, um, and he was obviously a competitive gamer himself, right? So um, he he had a good Quake career, and then worked with Fnatic for a bit. Um, and so when um, when Overwatch Alpha came out, um, he had some connections at Blizzard, and he got like some invites for us. So that's how I got a key early on. Um, and then he knew a bunch of the Quake guys who started to transition to Overwatch because the Quake guys, they were just like starved for some kind of viable esports ecosystem. Um, and so um, Tugut actually like got me in touch with a lot of people, um, you know, invited me to this Discord community that I think um, Slasher was building out. And then you start making connections, you know, back and forth. You do in-houses. Um, so I got my name out there. And I was actually trying to be a Mercy player. 
because I was just like, my aim Ooh, is awful. Interesting. So my, my aim is awful. So I'm going to play the, the, the role that is like the least aim efficient. Um, and so I'll just be a Mercy player. And I, I was all right, but I would have never like made it good on, on Mercy. Um, and so then I just noticed that like all these tanks are awful and no one wants to play tanks. No one wants to play Reinhardt. Like everyone just hates playing Reinhardt, just holding shield. And they're all awful at it because no one actually wants to get good at this role. So I just saw this opportunity to become a tank instead. Um, and my goal was just like, I'm going to become the best tank player um, in the early stages. And I, I, I think I did pretty good at that. Um, but, but the whole thing of like, um, too good, he was good friends, uh, started making good friends with, uh, with um, Twick because he, you know, too good recognized that Twick was a really good player at the game at the time. Um, and, you know, Twick had his own um, invites because he was a very uh, attractive kind of player back then because he was obviously really good. So I think there was talk of him, like, joining, like, the Internet Hulk kind of core, you know, in a separate universe. Maybe Twick is on Envy instead of Rogue. <laughs> um, but I... Um, so, yeah, too good. He sort of put a team together. And it was me, Twick, Wins. Um... Yeah, I wonder if it was wins back then. I can't remember the chronology of it all. But it was sort of like the 1.0 that led to the 2.0, which was early stages Rogue. Um, you know, it was Maidong or something I was called. I don't fucking know. You've seen that video of Uber when he just calls for Maidong yeah. or whatever. That was like the first two good team. And then it led into something called Rogue. I got to be on that team. And um, yeah, it kind of like trickled from there. But Too Good was very much um, the person who gave me the opportunity. And he was like, hey, um, hey, wins Twig, uh, like, IDDQD, like, you guys should pick up Reinforce because, like, he's, he's, he's working really hard. So it was nepotism at full display. <laughs> That's great, right? It was like the guy in my house, the guy, yeah, the guy in my house was just like, hey, pick up this guy. I've heard really good things about him. I live with him and he's hardworking <laughs> and he can totally do a great job here. So, <laughs> you know, kind of funny how it, how it turned into that, I guess. I mean, okay, you spoke about Tavik giving you, oh, sorry, uh, too good, giving you like, um, like an in, as it were. But what would you say is your biggest inspiration going from, you know, Johnny that observed Heroes of the Storm and just kind of uh, working on the production side of things to like pushing really hard to go pro? Obviously, I don't think everybody has like inspirations going into that thing, but was there someone that you were like, I want to be better than him or like, I want to be as good as that player, either at this role or just the, just the kind of game? Um. I mean, I, I, I had a lot of, like, Counter-Strike players that I looked up to, like, when I grew up. You know, I was a, I was a huge Fnatic fan. I actually had a, I had a huge um, Fnatic. I don't even know what you call it, but I got it, I got it, like, literally the Fnatic logo, like, on my wall. It was, like, I, I, I can maybe, like, find a picture or something. It was, like, a huge fucking oh, Fnatic like logo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. Like, it was literally, like, on the wall. Like, it was, it was not, like, a poster. It was, like, literally right. the wall. And I had my desk there. Um, there was actually a really cool setup. Um, you know, t turned out we actually got offered to be uh, that instead of joining Rogue, we got offered to join Fnatic. And then I was like, please let me just join this team. I've had a fucking <laughs> it would such a great story. And then we joined Rogue instead. So I got voted, I guess. Um, but anyway, I don't really think I had any players I looked up to or anything when Overwatch came out because obviously like you th 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 there was no one like you didn't know who was good it was like okay Seagull is good <laughs> people are like oh Seagull's right. good I think it's good um this internet talk team is, is is winning tournaments I guess um never really looked up to like the Melty the French team who was really successful didn't really look up to those guys because no, no one knew who the fuck was good at the time in Overwatch like people were just like we're just a bunch of players just trying to pick up this new game and it's so unique that no one really has an idea um 
never really looked up to any of the Team Fortress players because honestly, I didn't know who they were. I guess it was like clockwork and something like that. Um, but yeah, my, my biggest motivation and goal was just like, all these tanks are shit and I'm going to become better than them. So I worked really hard at that. And like, I did a lot of like, I recorded my own gameplay, went over it, like took notes on my own gameplay. And it was honestly, you know, if you just applied some common sense and you just recorded your own gameplay, it was actually quite obvious, like what mistakes um, I was making. And I, I would have like a notepad with like 21 mistakes throughout like a series. And I just, you know, keep working on it, like keep working on all these 21 mistakes and like slowly but surely day by day, just like remove these mistakes because I removed them from my gameplay. And suddenly I was like one of the best tanks in Europe, I guess. So, yeah, it's like a casting in a way, kind of recording your own. Obviously, you don't have to record your own because it's broadcasted, but you know, look at looking from a third person perspective, like how good you're doing or like how bad you are. You're like, oh, you messed up this, you messed up this. It's a bit easier than someone kind of sitting down. No, it's a bit easier than it is like in the moment. Like, oh, did I mess that up? I'm not sure. You just kind of uh, end up running over yourself. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's super applicable. Like, like us, yeah. we record ourselves talking or something, and you have that yeah. one word, that one word that you yeah. always say yeah. too too much. But then you slowly sort of work at it, and you get it out of your vocabulary. Is there so. when I guess when you were in your esports career, was there a moment in time that you were like? well, I don't think I'm going to be able to just kind of continue this. Did you have aspirations for like Overwatch League? Of course, I knew you did a bit of observing, obviously, for Overwatch as well um, back in the day. Was it something that you wanted to go into, that being broadcast talent? Or did you still kind of have aspirations of like, okay, I still really want to be a player. Like, I really want to just continue this grind hard and be one of the best pick up for Overwatch League, etc. Or contend um, season zero. So... You know, I've never thought about leaving esports. Like the, the the reason I found myself in that uh, house with Too Good and the Good Studio was because I knew from like 2009 when I first went to a Dreamhack, I was like, I really want to work in esports. And so I worked. I was like a player manager for Dreamhack um, Stockholm or something like that. Um, and and so I just like manage Counter Strike players. Um, I worked social media for a Swedish coverage of a League of Legends. Uh, worlds or something oh, like that nice. um for some dota 2 european regional qualifier um i freelance as like a replay producer um so i i, I just took on like every single like freelance job i possibly could in esports because i was just like i love this shit and um I, I want nothing more than to work in esports and i wasn't really um picky like what what role it was like yeah hell yeah i, I was talent manager for csgo believe it or not at uh, dreamhack leipzig i can't remember the year but that was my first time yeah. like meeting some uh some some counter-strike talent and i just like you, you know who who paula is he used to do uh, in, uh does interviews and stuff for csgo paula he, he used to he used to be on my ass every day just like hey johnny go go get me a rattler and it's like this <laughs> german beer or something like that and I was just like, I'm the talent manager. I'll go get you a Rattler, uh, Paula. So that was like our funny thing. And like Anders was there, Vince oh, was right. there. Yeah. And I, yeah. So all these guys, and I just used to, you know, be a, be a talent manager. And like, holy shit, I was like 19 years old and I've never had like a retail job. And I'm just like a nerd. And I'm just like, oh, I, yes, of course, I'll get anything for you. You can get your food. But like, I had no like natural instinct of like, what are these talent people actually want from me i had no idea what their job entailed like how i could help them you know getting tea for them um getting food to them being on time like getting coffee like i had no idea but 
I just said, yes, I'll do the job because I want $1,000 in my bank account so I can get food for the month. And I just didn't yeah. care like wh what it was and how to get it done. So I don't know. I hope I did a good job, but probably not. But I just did I mean, the job so I could get some money. You're here now. That's the, that's the important thing, I think. Yeah. Maybe no, you yeah. may have not over. You may have not been good back then, but now you kind of know. It's good that you kind of, I guess, put yourself in everybody else's shoes, talent manager. Like, dude, you, it sounds like you did basically everything under the sun in terms of esports. So I guess it gives you a real appreciation for like all the other the roles within, um, like a broadcast. I yeah. suppose, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's you know, there's tons of people working on the Overwatch League, and yeah. I, 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 I try to make. You know, I don't know if I'm successful, but I try to make everyone feel appreciated and let them know that, you know, everyone's really appreciative of all their work behind the scenes um, for making an awesome product happen. So, you know, everyone's really important to me in that regard. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people, like you said, that behind the scenes that the audience doesn't see. And like, a same with like just game dev as well. People, I think, tend to think, well, fix the game, you artist, please balance. It's like, well... There's like 15 different teams within a games company or like working on a single game. Like that person's not going to be involved in balancing and same with broadcast, right? It's just like the amount of people behind the scenes that no one has any clue about um, is ridiculous, but we, we need them on a daily basis. So yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good that you got a kind of a perspective from every kind of role, I suppose. And I yeah. guess you said you obviously wanted to work in esports since you were like 19, right? And did you, well, did you ever think about a different career path that isn't related no. to esports at all you you've no. just kind of one track mind boom esports doesn't matter the job I'm, I'm really gonna be revealing about how fucking ignorant and stupid <laughs> and like it's almost like you know in in a in a tv show when like a character just like sets their mind into something i'm talking like stupidly not like some anime where it's like this very brave or like courageous character or anything i'm talking like a stupid character who is just like oh i'm going on an adventure into like my new life and i'm shunning i hate everything about like my 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 childhood life and like my surroundings and like oh i just want to like go on an adventure or whatever um i pe people wanted to make friends with me at like my high school and and, and stuff and they're like hey johnny you want to come to this party like hey you want to go to the movies or something like that and i'll just be like but like I don't, like I, I don't I don't think like we'll be, be friends for life. So like I'd rather just invest in this esports career than like go out and like make make you know friends with this person who I didn't really like vibe with or like who wasn't you know like I, they they were great friends but like they I was just like I already then I was like I'd rather like be a Twitch mod for this esports broadcast than like yeah. go out to a party because. I want to get my name out there and like get the foot in the door. So one of my first gigs was that I was um, a video editor for like TI4 or TI5 or something. So because I had an in at, at, at Twitch and they were just like, we need someone to like cut the vods for TI. So I literally just like stayed up like 18 hours a day, like night <laughs> shift for NA and I just like cut vods. And I was the guy who went into like the broadcast COD. And just like went into the video editor and I cut out the matches and I branded the match and saved it. And I did that because they had so many channels back then. Because group play in TI is insane. You have like four matches, four broadcasts at the same time. And then they had like a newbie stream. So I just sat out and like cut those VODs. And I'd, I'd rather just like sit and cut VODs on Twitch for like a weekend. Or that was probably a week. 
to get myself a Twitch goodie bag, not even get paid, rather <laughs> oh than like God. going to a party. Um, right, and, right. And, yeah. So it, it, you know, I, I was even back then in high school, I was just so singularly focused on making it an esport that I, I, I just, I just never put work into like school. I cleared. This is funny as well because if you know that I completed completed my car, uh, my I got my car uh, driver's license. Sorry, my driver's license this past summer by yeah. completing it with like the lowest score possible. Oh, like, had yeah. I done one more error, yeah, I, I yeah, <laughs> I I would have not gotten my license. I did the same in high school. I got approved with the lowest score possible on my final re-exam, like three days before school was over, to pass with the lowest high school score possible to get a diploma so had i literally done one more error on my retest of the subject i hated the most i wouldn't have gotten a high school diploma but i cleared the hurdle with like the lowest score possible i was checked out bro i did not give a flying fuck about my engineering degree high school degree diploma whatever so i could go to university i was just checked out no no shot so it was always esports for me it sounds really stupid like when i say it because like i had no backup plan like, if this shit hadn't oh, yeah. worked out, I had no backup plan. And even to this day, say, you know, the economic thing market takes like a downturn for like five years and like esports goes back to like grassroots and like no money whatsoever. I don't know what the fuck to do. I, I have no education. I have no preparation. I've literally just done esports for like the past 10 years um, and just hustled. And that's pretty much how I got him by. And here I am. Yeah, it feels like proper 19 year old Johnny Sigma male grind set. Like, don't go to parties, only cut VODs for Twitch for goodie bags so I can sell yeah, them. Yeah, the I mean, it was the grind set, but it was not Sigma. I, it, was... I, it, it was worse than beta. I don't know what's worse, okay. worse than beta. But I, dude, I was, yeah, not a lot of social just stuff going on. on. Yeah, it just, just grinded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in esports, I think that's something that's quite always, oh, it's, it's put on a pedestal a lot, right? It's this grind set of like, I, I can just imagine, I'm pretty sure everybody can kind of imagine a song in their heads now, you know, just like that grind set Sigma male grind set song of just like, work hard, only cast, like, don't go out, only do this. And it's just like, well, in fact, mm, don't want to trip over that. Uh, you don't really want to hold that on a pedestal because you're probably going to get taken advantage of, especially nowadays. But like yeah, back then when esports was quite small, it was, um, it's a very different time to what it is oh, now, yeah. you know. No, yeah, it's a completely different time. I mean... In many ways, I mean, it was quite stunning how like quickly esports grew, even like you know the past ten years, and especially as more money came into the industry. But just like, I don't know, it, it just back then it was so. I'm not trying to become nostalgic here because I'm not saying it was better, but it was just so different in that like. Yeah, it was. I I, I used to like buy my own train trips up to Stockholm. I was uh, one of my other gigs as well when I was early. Was for, there was a Swedish news site called Fragbyte. Um, oh yeah, Fragbyte. Yeah. yeah, and so um, I was pretty good at, at, at you know, languages like English, uh, Swedish in school or whatever. So I became, um, I took on like a voluntary like freelance, freelance role for Fragbyte, just like covering articles. Um, and, you know, it was pretty basic because I just ripped off like all the international websites <laughs> and just like, oh, you know, this French website is reporting that like this French team is mixing things up and, you know, shocks us out of... Uh, titan and he's going to envy or like some shit like that and i just like ripped it off covered it wrote it in swedish and like published it on our website and i did that for a few months and then they were like hey do you want to come help out or fragbite um csgo land or whatever that was in their offices and so i just bought my own train ticket went up there for a weekend um and just 
hung around, hung around for free, basically. Like I didn't get paid anything. I paid for our own travel just to like meet people and just to like lift PCs and like plug technology in and like be around um, the tournament setup. And that that was esports. Like you know, there were a few people who like worked full time, but like everyone else just kind of like part time or or for free. Yeah, it's a very different time where like now it's completely opposite. It's uh, you know a good thing like everybody's getting paid right every everybody's getting paid what they kind of deserve but like back then yeah it was a lot of doing stuff for free i remember doing writing dignit articles for dignitas about league of legends like yeah jesus obviously shit, yeah did that for free in my spare time because i was like i love league and i love uh, talking about league of legends so like i just write random shitty articles for for dig and they'd put them on their website. It's gone now. They're, they've completely disappeared. I probably have the scripts for them somewhere. Or um, I used to have a website back in the day where I'd upload them as well, just as a, as a backup. Uh, that website's defunct. It's gone. I don't pay for the hosting anymore. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a very, very different time. Um, would but you... it, but it's, fu- it's funny, just as a follow-up on that as well. Yeah. Because if there's people who like listen to this and they're like, oh, I'm going to replicate, I'm going to do that. I think it was easier to... I mean, easier is maybe the wrong word, but like I, I, I think it was easier back then for us um, when the scene was smaller to correctly assess like who were the good actors in the space, yep. like who were the teams that were good actors that you could actually like learn something from that you could get experience from. So like um, you know, I, I, I quickly wanted to get involved with the good studio as a volunteer and like you know because I acknowledge that like these guys know what the fuck they're talking about and like I. I, I respect them a lot for that. Um, Fragbyte was like the the premier esports website covering all kinds of games. Um, started freelancing for like DreamHack, and 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 so like all in all, like yeah, I I did a lot of work back then for free and out of passion, and you know I was lucky to start getting paychecks at the end of the day, even if they were just like a thousand dollars day rate uh, or whatever. Um, but nowadays, like. If if someone listening to this were just like, oh, I want to, you know, go go freelance or like work for free, and they like find an opportunity, I think it's way harder in this esports climate to find, um, to find a good actor that you can legitimately learn from because there's so many more teams in the space, there's so many more franchises, and I wasn't look what when I grew up, I wasn't in America, so I don't know what the American scene looked like um, when I grew up, but at least in, in in Sweden and I feel like in the UK and Europe. You knew like who who are the premier websites, who are yeah. the good actors, who are the good teams, and who can actually learn from. Whereas in this day and age, there are a lot of organizations that could just like vanish within the next two years. There's a lot of people who are doing shady things that um, they could just you know they, maybe they were looking to get the bag and then they don't give a shit and they're moving on to the next thing in two years. So um, it's harder to to find people trustworthy people that you feel like you can dedicate your time to to actually learn meaningful stuff from. Uh, to make a career out of esports, so it you know I don't think Korean artists just blindly, you know, commit their time to learn, but um you know be be picky and make sure you respect those people. Yeah, re- respect for the person is I think at the foremost, right? You wanna if you wanna learn from someone, you gotta be able, you gotta respect them first, and it's like oh wow they do lots of good work, and like that's how you know they're someone that you maybe want to follow up with, or you know maybe DM every now and then and be like hey like could you look at my work or whatever. I think in general, I remember having this conversation with Golden Boy um, and he, we were talking about like just normal jobs, like regular jobs. Like I worked in a game store for like six, seven years, customer facing. And it's 
we were saying how important that is for just like the development of the human mind like and just dealing with people that are just stupid and just unreasonable it's like important to kind of understand how you deal with those situations and maybe change how you deal with those kind of situations and it it makes you a better like people person and a talker and like you know you can especially in like retail i found i was i could be quite a sweet talker like i was at one point the top sales in my region percentage wise like of like warranties and like all these other like add-ons and stuff like that that's what they tracked and i was the one of the top salesmen in the area because I was a little bit of a sweet talker. I like to learn fast and I like to like, you know, I like to talk fast too, you know, like, and it was something that I found very important for myself. And the same goes for you, even though you didn't work retail, that you worked a ton of different jobs, giving you like a perspective of like how everybody kind of works and interacts like with the broadcast. And like you said, you're a reporter for an OBS and team manager and everything. So I think that's quite uh, important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just making up shit as we go. But like, you know how you know the the, the older people get, they kind of like get like um, they develop like thick skin. Uh, like you know, they sure, they yeah. learn to pay attention to like what's important, and they learn yeah. to like not you know ignore what's not important. You know, just getting your foot in the door somehow and committing some kind of time to to the space of esports. I think that within like the first few years, you learn like what's important in esports, what's not important, and just like starting to like mentally navigate the space and be like a foundation of how the space operates how it works um can be hugely beneficial and so just like waiting to be like waiting 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 you know i gotta get my degree i get like a sustainable income and then i gotta find the right job i need to be qualified for um by that time so many years have gone by where you haven't gotten a feel for the space that I think ultimately maybe it makes it harder to, um, you know, get in there first day of work and do like a like a like a great job acknowledging you know what's what's going on. And I think that goes for all e- industries. It's not only esports, but like a lot of things in the world. Like having an understanding of like how things operates, you know, it's it's important to get that done early. I think it helps you out. Yeah, it's definitely a perspective changer. That's for sure. If you go straight into broadcast and it's kind of what i did i i never did i did a little bit of obsing i obsed myself for years and like not years like a year of doing random mobile games and like random league of legends tournaments that's how i got started it was like i would obs my own league of legends tournament games for this small company or like this small organization called esports wall like back in the day and I kind of, you know, especially with uh, League of Legends, it's quite crazy. Although as directed camera, it's a bit easier in that regard. But um, I did my own obs in production and stuff. Um, I wouldn't say I've worked it professionally and getting paid for it, but it's something that I picked up and learned. And like, oh wow, this is important. This is important. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is there is there something you'd like to tell your younger self on this kind of topic of getting experience? Like, is there something you tell nineteen year old Johnny right now that, or something that you wish you knew back then? Um, so I think the most, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know how, if, if people perceive me this way, but back then when I did all those early gigs, um, when I first interacted with people, I do think that from not working in a store, like you mentioned, like not working retail or like, I, I didn't have any job as a teenager. Um, and you know, it's not for my parents, like I'm trying They really tried to, <laughs> you know, get me a job and like, get me out right. there and start earning my wage as soon as I was like, you know, 15 years old or whatever, but I just never did it. Um, but I, I think, um, if there was an advice, just like be nicer to people, um, uh, be respectful to people, 
um i even though i came in and hustled to get those jobs um and you know i was very young at the time like i was like a you know 17 18 year old and like you know i i think people acknowledged that i was definitely like a you know a bit of a cowboy in the sense that i could just like i was just like all over the place and like you know doing my own thing and like i i you know i i, I didn't have any idea of like how how a company operates uh you know what's the, the expectations of you as a co like an employee or like someone who works on a project and so i definitely like overanalyzed relationships um all oh, right i you know overanalyzed like relationships um i uh got too emotionally like invested in the stakes and like i did a great job or like i'm really good about this i'm really bad about this and um i um you know sometimes i'd um show like lack of respect um and so you know had i you know had i worked a year at like a supermarket or something like that i think i would have learned to pick up like you know you come into work um you have a checklist and like you're going to you know I, I, again i haven't worked there but i still don't know what to do but like <laughs> i'm going to spend like two hours at the cashier and yes i might meet some bad people but i'll be consistent you know i'll show be consistent do my job um you know i'll go back and I'll, you know i'll get some new wares and like you know put them on shelves or like whatever like stuff like that i never did that and so i um i i, I think at times i could be a bit um i don't want to say rude but just like self what's the word i'm looking for here just like uh self-preservation or something um i was just like i i consider myself very important the fact that oh, i was there uh i consider myself important like i deserve to be here because i'm hustled sure. to be here when i sure. in fact like didn't know anything at all um i i didn't respect uh you know veterans as much i i think um i was very opinionated i was an opinionated teenager uh, teenager back then so i was just like why don't they do this like th they should do this instead people were like who is this kid who like thinks he knows everything so um you know, it, it definitely varied, like, depending on who I interacted with. But I I just, like, tell my younger self back then to just, like, all of these people know some, something you don't. And, like, if you just, like, pay attention and you're respectful and you're not annoying and you're not a little twat, you're just, like, you know, a straight-up, like, fun person to work with, I think you could learn a lot more from those people and they'd, um, they'd enjoy working with you and want you back on and, like, don't don't... Don't don't try to become you know someone who like stands out in the room and maybe you know that's why I'm now doing yeah. my own camera stuff because I'm like genuinely someone who can I don't want to say put on a show but like I can you know become emotionally you know invested on the show and like get you know theatrical in a sense and I think that's part of what goes into the broadcast role but like um, if you're just like you know working freelance gigs um, early on in esports and like you you obviously don't like have a ton of experience. Just like don't don't get too cocky and don't get too opinionated and like you know learn listen be respectful. I think it goes a long way and um, um I have a lot of esports veterans to thank for um, because they like you know bear with me and you know um, saw something in me saw potential in me but they were yeah. you know there were definitely some stupid moments in between where I was just being silly and acting stupid so yeah. I don't know if that's a complete answer, but yeah, no, just be respectful about people around you and you can learn from everyone. So, no, I think you covered a couple of important topics there. Um, honestly, like, yeah, he, he doesn't know many words and he's not that wise, but honestly, Matt's wise words, the three of them, um, I'm just counting them in my head now. It's <laughs> just, wait, is it three words or four? Um, he, he, he was just like, just don't be a dick. Just literally, just don't be a dick. And 
you'll be fine. You know, like yeah. that's that's something that I think is quite important. Don't fucking subtweet on Twitter about like talent in this game or your game or the other game or like subtweet production in this game or that game. You know what I mean? Like just don't be a cock and yeah, people don't don't like yeah you. yeah don't be a dick and just like yeah. you know it, yeah it sometimes you'd get beers with people and like yeah. that person would be very much like oh let's get into the drama about this and like what do you think about this and like just like be annoying in a sense of just like hey there's so much drama going on in our industry and you know there is a time and place like, for that uh, there is a sure. lot of like especially in esports i find there's definitely a time and place for that kind of thing um because i think but you gotta read the room yes yeah definitely yeah. That, that, that is a way of like weeding out bad actors i will say um yeah. especially from like other people's and like you said like veteran talent that kind of they see things that you don't 99% of the time in your commentary, in your hosting, in your analysis or whatever, like the veteran people, like they know their shit. And I think like you said before, just don't get, don't get too fucking cocky. And I, yeah. I think like you were talking about there, you didn't see any names, but for me, I had people that like beat, beat me down like a ton back, uh, back when I did League of Legends, I had Excoundrel and Medic that would just beat the shit out of me, but not physically. Just like verbally, basically. Yeah, just you gotta, like, I mean, maybe it's a UK thing, but you gotta explain this. What do you mean beat you down? Like, they're just like... Just like beat you down to bring you back up, you know? If you're getting too cocky, they're gonna, you know, smack you on. And I think that's like quite important um, in kind of... Yeah, with that, your like, ego. Yeah, sure. E ego in check, yeah. You're definitely. not as good as you think, but... Especially yeah. in commentary. Yeah, that's always what they told me. It's like, you're not actually as good as you think you are. And like, yeah. whether that's... Some people do take that differently uh, than others. I, I like that kind of feedback personally uh obviously some people don't everybody learns differently but um for the uh, for me they they helped me a ton like scoundrel especially like getting me into the industry and like getting me paid gigs and like working with him a ton when like medic was like moving on to lec or lcs back then lcs eu um and having that kind of mentorship i think is quite important as well and i think a lot of people don't have that either because there are so many casters nowadays that want to like make it to the big leagues that mentorship I think it's just kind of disappeared. It's something that I've, I try and help um, casters, you know, down the down the ladder, like tier three, tier two, as much as I can. Like I've, I've always said, like, if you want to message me on Discord, like you can, like casting advice, I'm more than okay to do that. And I think that's kind of missing today, whether that's because people have bigger egos now or like, or what, I don't know. But um, I really like your point on, on, um, <laughs> Not getting too full yeah. of yourself. Not getting too. Deep, yeah, I. You know? you know, I almost want to combine Matt's words of like, "Don't be a dick," with also combine it, which is like, "Just be chill." Yeah, just be chill. Like, just yeah, be chill. Exactly. <laughs> just be. Just be chill. You know. Yeah. He, to be fair, he probably did say that because that's a Matt thing, and then it, you could also say like, "Just don't be a dick." You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we'll credit. We'll credit definitely. Matt for that, even though we don't know if he said it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's funny. You can almost like, you can almost put like esports talent into two buckets. One of them are uh have like um. Uh, fuck, what is it called? Um, have like imposter syndrome, and the other sure. is just like incredibly overconfident. Yeah, <laughs> and that's like the two types of esports talent. Yeah, so, like, there's definitely I... some people in the middle, but yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm obviously being uh, hyperbolic here, but like, yeah, um, definitely. When I was at the esports awards and I was like presenting this award um, th th this December, I was just like. I should why not be here. here. Like, like yeah, why, why exactly. am I here? I was yeah, like, yeah. I've known, I know like 
you know, objectively, I've been nominated three years in a row for esports analyst of the year. It's like, why am I here? There's so many like fantastic esports talent here, and I don't deserve to be on this stage. And like, oh God, what if I say something bad? What if I'm cringe? What, what <laughs> and, you know, I'm that whole cringe. like, yeah, what if I'm cringe? So, you know, man. yeah, I know, I know a lot of esports talent who are just like imposter syndrome and they're just yeah. like, I'm not as good as I think I am. And then there's the other half who are just like, oh, I should be casting every final because I'm the best. <laughs> and it's just like, hold on. Yeah, there's like a, you, you mentioned it too, like there's a veterancy there and there's like a, a totem pole, like a ladder, like that's always been explained to me and it, it's something that's always in the forefront of my mind, that ladder, that totem pole, like you you come onto a product or like you move games or whatever, you're not going to be the top rung, like you shouldn't be because you need to earn your keep in a way, right? Where yeah. you need to just continually do a good job, continually show that you're improving, and then you know you'll eventually kind of move your way up. And there's obviously there's politics in there. There is, there there really is, especially in games that don't have a league. I would say there's probably more politics in that, but there's still in leagues in LCS, uh, LEC, fucking Overwatch League, fucking just everything. There's politics, and um, yeah, it's yeah. I, think I it's mean, important to know your place is is kind of what I'm. Is kind of what i'm getting at because i would say i definitely i definitely suffer from imposter syndrome like 100 fucking percent um i'm like during a cast even sometimes i'm like oh my god what the hell am i doing like what am i saying like and it kind of like gets in your head you know like that's something that i've struggled with personally um which is actually another question what i wanted to ask you i know it's a little bit more personal but is there anything that you kind of you think you struggle with whether that's imposter syndrome or something that you uh, want to get better as like a, an esports talent or just in general? Ooh, um, interesting question. Um, anything I want to get better at as broadcast talent? Um, or just in general too? Just like, uh, treat this as, I guess, like a New Year's resolution kind of question. Like what is one thing you'd want yeah, to do? Yeah, I mean... You know, it's 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 hard. There are definitely a few things that like come to mind. Um, one thing is, so I mean, I mean, we might as well. I need a type of coffee before I get into this. Yeah, yeah, go, Sorry. go, go. No, all good. So something like the hardcore Overwatch League fan base. I've been talking for a, you know for, a, for quite some time about this ever since that 2019 season where the desk was at that video wall, you remember? Yeah. Um, and, you know, every game break, thank fuck we don't have game breaks anymore, like <laughs> but in, within, in the middle of matches anymore. Yeah, um, sucked. They would have those, like, sponsored Intel segments where it was like, here's the daily breakdown or whatever. It would be like every match, I can't remember. But it, you'd have these, like, like telestrated moments or whatever. Ever since then, um, we've had less and less uh, telestrated uh, uh you know segments within the broadcast less hardcore like analytical um segments and stuff like that um and as someone who's been an analyst myself like obviously in 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 2020 uh during the covid year we didn't have like the tool we didn't have um the tools we had back then in the blizzard arena first of all when we were in the blizzard arena um we to, to do those segments we used to walk backstage into the production room and we sat down with like the replay um, producers and uh, the, the people who capture the game and would like pick out a moment and be like hey this is great and we like sit there with them and like do it like sit there and work as a team to get this this replay going and i was like this is what i want to highlight and then you'll pause here and then we'll start it here um and then 
you know, you have an opportunity to like draw sometimes or like stuff like that. Um, in 2020, obviously working from home, didn't have access to that. 2021, didn't have access to that tool again, like no Telestrator at home. So like, I remember like one point during the 2020 broadcast, because again, I love that shit. Um, I, I used to record like the YouTube um, VOD on my PC, draw on it and send it over to like production and they would play like right. the, the video, the right. video I recorded myself. Um, and, and so it just got like super complicated and convoluted and like the amount of fucking work you have to put in to like make that happen. And then in, 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 in this year, uh, again, we're in this small little truck um, and we, we don't have access to this tool. So like, it's really been frustrating for me because I want to do more of that kind of analysis, but I can't because I don't have the power to draw. And if I do, it's after I get home from the broadcast and then I have to record it on my off hours, mind you, like there's not a ton of them, like in the, in the, in the middle of the season, at least like between the broadcast days, because you have to, you know, commute down and then you know, I don't want to get too into it. But um, all in all, like if you want to get like a, a illustration replay package that's customized for you to break down, there's a tremendous amount of work that goes into it now that didn't happen during the 2018 and 2019 season. So that's been a point of frustration for me, which is like our workflow for doing like deep analytical like replay packages. And when we do them, they're really good. But the amount of work it takes to organize and make that good, um, it's just way harder than it used to be. So that's been really frustrating for me as an analyst that like this is something I really want to do well and I want to put like make it happen. But in the current circumstances, it's been really frustrating um, to make that happen. So it's something I hope, you know, for, for the upcoming year, if, if possible, to improve upon that and get that sort of added to the show. Um, besides that, um, I, I, sort of, I, I sort of want to make, um, I sort of want to like spice up. You know, maybe, maybe I'm like ruining like the fourth wall here or breaking the fourth wall here or not, whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. But um, I, I, think, I, I think I can do a pretty... This is pretty confusing because I don't understand like the underlying logistics with it. But I can be pretty good at like doing good breakdowns, and I I, I think I'm really good at like um, um, breaking down what's important um, to the viewer. Um, but I don't have that like pizzazz that like really captures the viewer in that regard. Um, that makes them like so like oh if it's in your second monitor like oh they're really watching now they're really watching the broadcast and like really make them listen so you know if there's some secret spice that someone knows there uh that's something i want to improve upon and then um maybe some casting improve on casting oh, that was really okay. fun yeah you know i don't think i want to cast full time but it was really fun casting that uh playoffs match with rose yeah and i think uh, you know good. i was quite surprised by um by how good i was um because i've casted a few times before like i casted with you that once yeah. at vancouver san francisco match or whatever that was fun and it, was, it was fun but and you know looking back it was like pretty average in my opinion like just not not speaking about you but like for me like all my analysis was like pretty average i didn't bring a ton to it you know it was all right but that match i cast with rose i was like wow there's fundamentally like there's some there's some this this is my best cast yeah like there's some real good things i can take yeah. away from this so and the thing is with that it would only get better too so like considering because yeah. you haven't cast a lot right compared to like me you haven't the amount of games you've casted is like minute compared to like how many i've casted so like in general you know the more you do it the more you're going to get better and especially since you have a hella desk like the amount of hours on desk you have compared to like me again like it's ridiculous you know so you can kind of bring that 
flair and that uh, different perspective over to to a cast, which is which is cool. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, but 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 it's different, right? Because what yeah. what, what I what I was so frightened of, and what I respect you guys so much for, and even you know you know whether it's play by play or if it's color caster, it's like you work like really fast. Like something happens, and you need to have like the answer right away. If yeah. I'm working the desk, I can watch a team fight, and I can be like. Hmm, I think there was someone, something there. And then I kind of like watch it back on my phone with the delay and be like, oh yeah, this thing stood out. And then I rewind again and watch like it for a third time. And yeah. then I can like really analyze it. You can't do that when you commentate. So like everything needs to happen like instantaneously. And so um, that's what I really respect about commentators. Like they, don't, they just always, it feels like they have the perfect answer like straight away. Um, and so, yeah, that was, the, that was the first time with Rose where I was just like, wow, like I actually said a lot of, good stuff on the fly um yep. but that is the most that's the most impressive skill to me when it comes to commentators like you it's just like they always seem to have the answers right away yeah i put that a lot down to like how much i play i'm gonna be honest <laughs> like hearing voice lines and stuff especially as a support player i guess is like really important so if i can if i hear a voice line or i hear an ability go off in a game that i'm playing that like translates so well to commentary like so well because yeah. I can tell you off screen what ability is being used, like a roughly, you know, roughly the cooldown. I've got it in my head, but it's like, you know, there's so much else going on. But like, I can kind of tell like Zarya is a really good one, actually a good example where because she has two bubbles now, you're like, you're having to at least I like to do this in commentary. It's like I like to be able to build up to like, OK, she used two bubbles, like how long for the next one? Can she go aggressive, etc.? Like knowing the boundary of, of a Zarya player. Like I put a lot of that down to like just me playing the game like a ton. I know I degen a lot more than other people. Like I completely understand that. But that's just how I personally um, like to improve, I suppose. And like, yeah, but it's about picking the right thing to talk about as well. Right. Yeah. Like it is. You know, yeah, if, it is if, sure. you, if you're a color commentator, like there are so many different directions you can go because you can go like old bank, you can go composition and you can go like, oh, that past team fight, like they, they wasted Lucio speed or like they need to disengage, they need to engage. Yeah. And so like there's so many variables that it's a really difficult skill. It's an underappreciated skill of like what you just described, like keeping your finger on the pulse and having like a real feel for the game. Like just being like ingrained, like like almost like you're For part sure. of the game. Um, it's There's super different difficult. styles too. People have yeah. vi like vastly different styles of like yeah. commentary. Like um, yeah. an example I always use is like Wolf. Wolf is very heavy on like the storyline, the players, the teams, how and when they got there, what team they were on, what teams they, what players they played with in the past. Like he is just he's a wizard when it comes to remembering storylines like that bringing up old games that have happened like oh this this and this happened and like yeah he's a fucking wizard um yeah and then there's the other kind of flip side of things and i'd say it was like working with scott scott is very because he's next pro same with yourself very like deep dive in the weeds abilities and like mechanics and like how things are interacting with each other and that make it successful or unsuccessful as like yeah. very different there's so many levels to color commentary same with play by play in a way right but with color it's a little bit easier to kind of tell um yeah and it's it's honing your and there's no like right way to do it no, sorry to interrupt there's not. but there's like no. in, especially in esports there's no right way to do it whereas if i watch um football um you know soccer like actual european football um 
for the most part, I feel like most, I don't know what this is like in other countries, um, because I know that, um, you know, Spanish commentary or like French commentary can sometimes it's be a very bit, uh, different. Very different. It's like Korean but, commentary. It's very yeah, different. Yeah, like style. Korean commentary is different. Yeah. But at least Sweden, I because I listened to Swedish commentary when I was in Sweden during the, the World Cup or whatever, they started to like mimic like the UK commentators with like less is more. Yeah, sure. and they'll actually just like say like the player names. So it's just like, yeah. uh, in, in, instead of like making a point, instead of like bringing in the atmosphere, they'll just like say the names of the players who like whoever they're passing to. That is very just, British commentary. Yeah, and they'll just very like British. less is more. Yeah, and sometimes like I listened to like a Swedish commentary duo, and they just like didn't talk for like four minutes because the ball, a team was rolling the ball around, and like just listening to the fans, you know, take in like the atmosphere of like. The, the Argentinian fans singing or whatever, and they just wouldn't say anything because not, nothing was happening. In esports, um, yes, a lot of people talk like fast, but you have people like Matt, who I think is really good at being like less is more in an esports yep. kind of way, where he's like, he's saying what's important and that's it. He's mm -hmm. not like trying to talk all the time or like point and point everything that's uh, very cool or like not even like pinpointing all the ultimates that are important coming into the next fight. Because he does such a good job of just like talking about the most important thing, and that's that's like what should, people should focus on. He's not trying to, yeah. uh, you know, mention everything. Um, and so there's definitely like multiple different styles in that regard, and that goes into hosting. Like when I hosted this year, and like I had oh, a style yeah. that worked out, and like yeah. So, um, it, 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 I, I guess if someone who's an aspiring caster or esports talent, just like you have to, it you absolutely have to like re reimagine and like you have to um you know break down your style and ask yourself like hard questions like is this my style is this like how i should do it is this a good style for me should i try something else and like it's it's very hard to find like your style as a yeah. broadcast talent i would say i don't even know my own style to be honest and i've been casting for since 2016 now all right and well that's ruined everything it's, it's harder well, I say I say that, and I probably do have a style compared to like Mitch or like someone else, right? I know I'm different, and to be fair, if everybody was the same, right, it'd be the same. Per you might as well just have the same person on the broadcast like every day. Um, so having a different style is obviously very important. Oh, but... Okay, but let me put it this way: so like, go on. Sorry, I spilled some coffee. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I think, in you know, I'm just speculating, not not having talked to him about this myself, but Mitch, there was that narrative, especially like I think it was like early 2019. And like people started making like rap god, um, oh yeah, commentator highlight videos of Mitch. Um, and he is, you know, the the next the next person who you'd interview here on the deep dive should probably be Mitch because he has like, I, I don't want to say classical, but he has like actual like esports commentator education from ESL. Um, yes, when they yeah, used to have like when ESL had like their in house casters that they like they talk to like game devs and be like, hey. Do, do you want um, your game uh, to have a tournament at our ESL event? We have our own in-house casters and like we can tell them to like learn this game and you know they'll they'll do it. And like they used to have like legitimate like esports caster sessions. So many of us, we just like we went from in our own house commentating into you know doing it on broadcast. And so like we've never been in like that of a professional of an environment. Yeah. But I really do think that sometime around that time that Mitch made a very conscious decision that like people think that like I am the rap god and he you know fun thing probably like yeah I am the rap god or whatever but you can't be the rap god all the time like you yes, can't just speak boring. fast 
You yep. can't just like get on as like people are rolling out on Umbani and like start rapping about like three, you know, 10 seconds into the game and like how they're initiating. It's like, no, you gotta, you gotta pick the fights. And so um, that's a moment where it's like, I, I think Mitch made, you know, again, speculating because I haven't talked talk to him about it, but like he made a conscious decision about his style that wasn't just going for popularity each time and just like, haha, Twitter replies, the rap god or whatever. But actually, like, if I'm objectively to be the best commentator, I need to pick my moments of when to speak fast and when to be slow and when to be precise. Yep. Um, and it's stuff like that, just like breaking down, like, how often am I talking? When am I talking? Um, how much should I talk? How little should I talk? What should I be talking about? Just like, th these are very hard questions to review and like break down and conceptually rethink the way you're doing things like taking your routine it could be in anything in life just like taking your routine and the way you are doing things and trying to envision and conceptualize like a different way to do things entirely that's not according to you know you just like break your pattern um and so you know i i feel like if you want to become better as an esports commentator like that's that's like one of the most difficult things but for a lot of people it's it's something you have to do because naturally the way esports commentating comes to you naturally when you're an amateur does is is probably not like the right way the the best way to do about things and so you need to break these habits and break these barriers of like i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about no but, you yeah. you yeah no you you're speaking the truth brother no you are All right. and i think that's where a lot of like Thank this, God. no you, you are making sense don't worry it's where a lot of the kind of mentorship is what i was talking about earlier yeah, comes into play and people kind of helping you that way. Because I do have a style. I, I would say I don't have a style. I definitely do. And the thing is, with commentary at least, it's extremely nuanced. And 99.9% .9 of viewers don't know anything about the nuance at all. And the point one that, that do are probably fucking other casters. Um, it, it's a lot more nuanced than you think. And in general, this is something that I had kind of drilled into me too. Some people are going to hate you. Some people are going to like you. And there is, you know, the the cycle, uh, the cycle, the Dallas Fuel cycle, and like the Outlaw cycle. Every single cycle of every single team. There's that too. The community will like you, then hate you, then the like cycle you again, of broadcast talent, then hate you. Yeah, it, it, it's just a thing. It's it's just what naturally happens. I'm sure I yeah. was the worst caster at some point, and that's fine. But am I going to listen to that? Probably not. Am I going to listen to my peers? Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting industry where we're so especially esports compared to um, traditional sports, we are so ingrained in the community in the game that it's oh, very it's crazy, easy dude. for us to see comments about commentary and about uh, literally anything about you as a, just a human being. So, yeah, I think that was a... It's definitely something I'm going to... Uh, when I do this one, do this with Mitch, I, we will go into that a lot further because yeah. me and him have... At least with Play by Play, we talked about... We talk about Play by Play a lot, like at least commentary um yeah so, so it's it's definitely something that needs to be elaborated on i think yeah Go on. yeah Go, going back to the point you made about how ingrained we are in yeah. the esports community it's yeah. actually something that is incredibly difficult for broadcast talent to navigate as well when it comes to like being honest on on, on broadcast so the closest someone's probably ever been to killing my career and ruining <laughs> my reputation was when super um made that tweet after the patch chat rankings which was when i like we were in this fucking chaotic patch chat episode or whatever and we're doing like pre-rankings and i go into the episode and we like i don't know who we're breaking down whether it's like the la gladders or something like that. no it's shanghai maybe i don't know 
um, I can't remember, it was early 2020. And um, I had like, you know, lo looked quickly. I had like glanced on like Void's Wikipedia page, like going into it and just been like, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't been incredibly successful. And I was just like, you know, the classic like sports question, just like, is, is this guy like a winner? Like, is this guy, you know, capable of winning or is he just kind of like a middling kind of player? And so I like likely brought this up or whatever. And naturally, because Void is an amazing off-tank player, they were yeah. just like, you are fucking out of your mind. You're so fucking stupid. Like, how could you possibly say that? And I just like was taken aback and I got like really defensive about it. And so I almost like countered their shock and surprise by that. But like with my own, like started to yell about this dumb argument. But um, after the episode, Super tweeted like, Plat Chat should renamed to bronze chat or whatever because reinforces a fucking idiot or something like that right. he, he didn't say fucking idiot but it was something it was something harsh about my analytical ability and my my ability as an analyst and yeah in that moment you know that was probably like my biggest mistake as an analyst or whatever um but because we are so ingrained in the esports community and because players have so much power in um uh, in, in influencing the viewers and fans' opinion of certain, um, uh, you know, broadcast talent, uh, certain strategies. Like, if you have a... You could even have, like, an Overwatch League pro just, like, tweet out that, like, this composition is garbage. Whereas, and actually, it might be a great composition. But because that pro player tweets that this is garbage, so many people are naturally just going to believe that player that they have the best answer possible, that they have the most knowledge possible. Um, and so because... Because the esports community is so ingrained uh, within, you know, you know, the, with the players, uh, Twitch streams, um, broadcast talent, whatsoever, it really dumps down the amount of criticism um, us broadcast talent or me as an analyst are able to like give out. Because if we if we give the wrong criticism, and I'm not talking about like factually wrong, if I say something that upsets a player, that upsets a team, there could be like real repercussions for me doing so in my reputational damage um, in the way, uh, you know, I even get like talked about like behind the scenes or, or, you know, how my analytical ability is perceived in a way that like, if someone are like, you know, I guess it's a bit different, but like in, in, in real sports, like you could generally have like sports broadcasters come out and have like a pretty, um, pretty extreme opinion about like a certain player or a team or like their chances or, you know, what they, this player should do to improve their game. And even if they're wrong, like, they're able to get away with it. Like, they're not, they're not putting their, like, job on the line. And so it's really dumbed down the ability, uh, our, our ability to um, leverage criticism and be honest with, like, the viewer at home. And I think that's been, you know, another thing that, like, we're kind of lacking in the space. It's just like, well, we want to be critical and tell it how it is. But at the same time, like, we have so much... We have so much influence in um, our own reputation, but as well as player reputation, team reputation, that like it gets very, um, I don't know if volatile is the right word. It, it gets, it gets it, it, inflammatory. It can easily get really inflammatory in esports, whether it's in real, uh, real sports. I don't think that's the case. And so everyone just kind of acts like very passive and just like not going to call anyone out. We're just doing our thing and like no one can say anything harsh or be too real or tell too much the truth. So I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but that's also something I've thought about um, because um, 
because people have been asking just like i even talked to players and they're just like why, why aren't you like calling these players out for like playing poorly or like why aren't you like being more honest about these guys sucking or like something like that and i'm like dude like i i just i just can't because like you get it wrong once and your reputation is in the shitter and then you might not get re rehired for next season it's it's like a real thing yeah. so it's difficult to navigate that kind of like how ingrained we are in the community in that sense it feels like it's a sometimes a fine line although it depends how broad Very you want fine. to be with that because if but you it's not even be... like a line it's just like no, some yeah. players could just be like sure yeah yeah sorry no 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 it's uh no i think it's an important topic to kind of to kind of cover like yeah you are right how ingrained we are within the community and it's very easy for us to see feedback and stuff like that i know i remember brian at one point this is back in the papega house in 2020 i was talking to him about social media and this is obviously when i was new to the league in 2020 and i was like you know how do you handle that stuff and we kind of talked about it for a while and um at the end of the day like brent doesn't see a lot of that stuff at all and i've kind of taken after him in a way because i've also turned off notifications from like people that i don't follow and it like it definitely saves your mental because you can also get into like a mental bog as well from yeah. you know if your opinion's right or wrong or whatever someone out there is not going to like it not going to like you etc there's a lot of unhinged people on social media that you know probably shouldn't be on there and spewing random crap that's not true but you know it's it can even if it's not true it can still damage your mental in a way and yeah. kind of speaking about that johnny as well this this kind of final thing I wanted to touch on was a tweet you made recently, which I found pretty damn based. Um, you said, and I'll, I'll quote this here: "So tired of these negative Nancys and clout farming, dishonest creators farming likes over free uh, a free event with free items." This is in reference to the battle for Olympus, which is still ongoing, I believe. Maybe it's got a few days left. Um, I want you to kind of elaborate on that a little bit further um, and what you kind of meant by that um okay sure first of all probably took it one step too far because again <laughs> was trying to cloud farm myself and get the likes and you know yeah stir up a little thing so you know but um no i mean i guess i just got fed up at some point just like uh uh i i think a lot of you know it's pretty obvious and i'm not blaming them but you know specifically as it relates to overwatch just like the you know the popular thing has been to shit on the game uh recently and you know i'm not saying that it's it's for naught whether it's you know expensive skins in the store whether it's you know the delay with the roadhog hotfix that's you know kind of unacceptable for a game to you know even if the devs say it's early access like come on now like we're just gonna have a roadhog meta or like tons of roadhog in ranked because because like a hotfix thing was broken that kind of sucks um the launch issues with the servers um and um I think that's quite unique. I'm just going to quickly chime in. With that. Yeah, but the launch I'm, I'm, issue specifically. But yeah, carry on. Yeah, I, I I guess the point I'm making is that like, there's definitely uh, look. I'm trying to be play both sides here, where it's like yes, yeah. I acknowledge there's been a lot of issues with the way Overwatch 2 has launched, and like, um, things haven't always been perfect, and like, they they haven't always always like made the perfect decisions. Um, but still like seeing people just like meme post um that like oh overwatch is you know dying or like haha this uh here's a here's an overwatch meme about like the the prices of the skins um just to like cloud farm and like farm it, it's pretty evident like when it happens when someone's giving like constructive feedback on something and you know the repercussions if they don't listen to that constructive feedback 
versus just meme posting because it's a social media strategy and that's the best way for you to get likes and engagement um even though you um even though your career as a content creator is um sort of like reliant upon overwatch to succeed um and that's you know a large part of why I, I'm not like a huge content creator myself. It's like because I realized that if I were to become a content creator, I'd be pretty much like tied to Overwatch. And, um, uh, you know, it, that's like a, a, a pretty bad like deal. Like there's a lot of good content creators who can like play whatever game they want. They can do a lot of different things on stream. If you're an Overwatch content creator, you swap over to Apex, you get like a third of the viewership. Um, probably you swap less. Over to, yeah, probably less. And so like... Yeah. Um, that's a transition that is very difficult to make because it requires you and there's strategies like at the end of your stream, maybe go play like Apex two hours at, after your robot stream or whatever, because people try to like use their natural viewership to leverage that onto a different game category and, you know, get new people into the stream and be like, hey, I'm trying to transition or whatever. Um, but that's, that's a very difficult thing to do. And so a lot of these content creators, they might have like massive YouTube channels with Overwatch content. Um, they might have like really great guides. They might stream Overwatch every day, um, but I think it's hurtful. Like I, I, I genuinely think it's it's like a cheap way to get engagement when um, it's it, it's 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 something that you're really dependent on. So I'm not telling people to not be critical of the game. I'm not asking people to um, you know not be funny once in a while. But you know I think it's become more and more obvious fuck it I'll, I'll call him out like i think someone like stylosa has done a lot of like tiktoks and like a lot of like twitter posts where it's like haha you know like the the you know joking about like the the skin prices or like the game balance or like something like that um where it's just like come on dude like at some point like you're you're taking it too far like i think there's a time and place um to you know once in a while drop a funny meme or whatever but it feels at some point like he's someone who's like made it part of his like social media strategy to like shit on the game. And I'm just like, like come on now. Like I know that you get like probably thousands more likes doing shitty meme, funny Overwatch is bad content. But like, you know, let's have a constructive conversation as well uh, in that regard. And so I, I guess I guess that was uh, part of like where I came from with my tweet. But yeah, I, I was being pretty um, speaking hyperbole as well because trying to get likes myself so there you go what what the, what what uh what was it called i'm just uh yeah well it's tip for tat isn't it really like yeah tip for that yeah it is but um yeah. but um yeah and uh when it comes to the battle for olympus thing like you know if you don't if you didn't think it was fun great but um when i branched overwatch reddit um i um i i, I just got like a bit upset because um i also acknowledged that like when overwatch one was around we never had anything like Battle for Olympus. We never got these small game modes. Like we never, yeah. uh, we never True. had these small events. Um, th so I think that yes, while this new game mode, it wasn't perfect because it was FFA. You couldn't play with friends. Uh, cast of characters. Um, it it wasn't uh, balanced in that regard. Like the tanks were obviously a little bit stronger, um, and um, some people just didn't find it fun, and that's okay. Um, but I think it got taken one step too far where like you're almost like disincentivizing the devs to to arrange and make these kind of events um whereas i count myself very lucky that we actually have these kinds of events now where the game feels refreshing it's fun and like they're even making like content out of it they have like this leaderboard for like battle of olympus leaderboard 
what characters like have the most kills. Um, it's a competition, and I think there, I, I, I think there's like some reward or something at the end of it. I don't know, but um, okay. it's just like we never had this stuff in like Overwatch One, you know. And so for me to log onto the game and see that there's like a custom game mode that the devs put effort in, yeah, it might not be perfect, but I find, count myself like pretty lucky that we have these things because holy shit, that route after Echo release in Overwatch One, I was fucking. It was catastrophic. Bad. So I'm I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to be uh, grateful for all the, the 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 good stuff we have in Overwatch Two. And yes, you might not be able to unlock everything. You know, some things some things in the store are obviously priced too high, in my opinion. But um, I'm still grateful that the game feels like it's alive. So I yeah. try to make myself uh, say thanks to the devs for that. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point. Um, and I think the best point you made there as well is that if you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to play it. It's a game mode that uh, it ranked in, or quick play didn't randomly turn into Battle for Olympus for a week. It's yeah. that you're the same game is still there if you want to play it. But if there's an alternate mode that might catch your interest, there are probably people out there that love FFA or like, you know, Mystery Heroes is one of the most popular game modes in the game. And yeah that's there but also quick players there also competitive is there battle for olympus is there too just randomly like and you can earn rewards great but um i do definitely agree with your comment on there are rewards and that's great but if you're complaining about the rewards then you don't have to play them and you don't you don't just don't get the rewards don't grind that you don't have to um I get yeah. and I understand the completionist kind of like I want everything you know like I want to be able to get everything in the game like check all the little boxes and stuff like that like I completely understand that but um if something's just not of your fancy then Overwatch 2 is a free to play game you can just not play it like that's also okay um and sorry I want to re- rewind as well back to like the yeah, content yeah. creator argument yeah. too and just kind of add on that I, I do agree it's it is very easy to make tweets and videos and TikToks, whatever you want to, whatever you want to make and put it out there. That's negative because negativity gets clicks, outrage gets clicks. We like I made a video recently that's like mercy needs to change, and she does, in my opinion. Hope Roadhog needs a fix. You know that's that is conflict there. There is. Like, that's negativity in a way. It's not, like, as negative as, like, the game is dying. And I've seen those videos from certain creators that have inside information about different X, Y, and Z that make the videos anyway, that know better. And it's... I definitely agree with you that it is frustrating to see that. But it's also how content creation kind of works and how YouTube works too. So there's yeah. there's there's a heads and tails to this kind of... Yeah, I mean... Here. The, the the people who go on YouTube and I I you know I, I don't I don't like blame them for they're, they're not they're not like the cause I don't think they're the yeah. cause behind the uproar but like um you know if, if someone goes on YouTube like they they want the content creator to like speak their language like they want to be able to listen to the content creator and just be like oh they agree with me they're 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 saying what I think and so there's some kind of like verification there right. And so if there's a lot of people who just like find Battle for Olympus unfun, then they're going to naturally like subscribe and like a content creator who goes out there and be like, well, I can't play with my friends. This, this, this game mode is, is, is stupid. Rather than a content creator who's, you know, like me trying to play both sides where it's like, yeah, there are some 
problems with this game mode, but there's also a lot some like positives with this game mode. Like I, I, I think a viewer is more likely to um relate to that content creator who um is pretty, yeah. you know, you can just narrow minded focusing ever. on one perspective rather Overwatch than both. Is, yeah. but Overwatch is dead because Battle for Olympics. And it's not only Overwatch, no. by the way. No, it's uh, I think that's also important too, having a perspective about every game. And I think as the general audience, and like I will say, myself, you, like a lot of broadcast talent, um, they do have a lot of time off, especially in off season. So it's very easy for us to like grind games and like do this, play this, play whatever. So it's a bit easier for us to kind of dip our toes in everything. Like I play a lot of old school RuneScape or like World of Warcraft or Apex. I love Apex. I think it's like the best battle royale there right now. Um, but that gives me a perspective of like what Overwatch is doing too. And I... I do firmly understand people that don't have the time to dip their toes in like all these different games and play a lot of them to get that different perspective. And a lot of people's kind of gaming career, if you want to call it, um, is centered around one game. So it's very easy to kind of like, because you're tunnel visioned, to see the bad things and kind of complain about them too, where mm, in other games, like it's actually worse. I'm not saying Overwatch is perfect. It's definitely not. And I would agree that the skin prices in the store are still too high especially yeah. for the legendary skins. But there have been some epic skins that I'm like, this is epic, but it's like 800 coins or whatever. Like that's Agreed. Yeah. pretty pretty decent. Like uh, that's not bad. Um, so it, there's, again, it's a, there's a give and take there. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting topic. And I thought I'd bring I, up that tweet because it it did, I think, speak. And it got a lot of interaction as well. Um, did speak. I, I gotta be honest. Movie. I didn't read the replies. I, I read a few of the replies. I mean, but I was, I was I was kind of scared. Of, dangerous, uh, of, the replies there because yeah i i i i i didn't I, I read a few of them that were okay but i didn't i wasn't obsessing about the replies to that tweet because i knew that yeah. uh probably something good wasn't to come off it um but yeah i i think it's very interesting as well like how do we you know as, as someone who genuinely like loves overwatch and want to have like a positive like atmosphere surrounding overwatch as I as I, I've already acknowledged, there's some clear issues with the release of the game and like the launch of the game, where it's the meta or the skin store or, or or whatever. But like, how do you change the community, um, you know, vibe surrounding the game? Like, how do you how do you make people focus on the positives? How do you make people focus on appreciation? How do you make people um, focus on like the <laughs> The quote-unquote appreciation posts of the developers or whatever, you know, like we all yeah, like sure. we, we. Some of us broadcast talent. We sometimes joke about like the the cycle of the appreciation posts. <laughs> yeah, the appreciation for, thread cycle. Yeah, yeah. The appreciation this guy thread sucks. Cycle, yeah. This guy's the best thing that ever happened to commentary. This guy yeah. sucks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, this person sucks. But not just guy. I, I I really think that like um, I really think that like uh, there, there's a lot of hardworking people and they're you know they're they're actual people like they're they're persons and they put. A lot of time and, and, and effort and emotion into making Overwatch 2 great, and I think yeah, there's a lot sure. of there's a lot of things to be very appreciative for, and there's a lot of things to appreciate when it comes to Overwatch 2 that we didn't have during Overwatch 1. And yes, yes, like we're you know it might be a bit a little bit underwhelming, but maybe this is just like a vice in me as a person. I don't even know if it's a vice, but I do this with a lot of things in life. Like I count myself lucky for you know the most basic things. Like I almost never focus on like the negatives or something. Um, I always like appreciate it, appreciate even like the smallest things. Just like so now it's raining today, and you know while yeah. a lot of people it's nice. Yeah, it's it's raining in LA. Yeah, but 
you know, surpassing even like the, the the personal affection to whether you like rain or not. Like someone might be like, oh, it's bad, it's raining because you know whatever, you know, something bad. Lot of, lots of things happen in society when it's raining. But I'll be like, yeah, but it's good for the plants and for the nature that like yeah. it's raining. So you know, it's a very dry area. So like, yeah, it's good because it's um, it, it's it's raining. Um, it, it's good for something. So almost everything in life, I always I all I have the perspective of like it's good for something rather than just like being disappointed. Like I didn't get enough of something or that something didn't go my way. And sometimes that can, you know, become a bad thing where it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't have like, I I need to have like higher expectations or something, I guess. I don't know. I'm just psychoanalyzing myself live on your podcast, but that's fine. um, So yeah, maybe, maybe I should, that's just to say, maybe I should be harsher on, the game sometimes maybe i should be harsher on you know the way things are rolling out maybe it, it looks amateurish uh some points maybe the fact you don't have this hotfix life for Rodog is unacceptable maybe the skin prices are very much out of tune and like the overwatch devs are you know um they should be held responsible for um for you know releasing the game with the skin prices but that's not the way i think and so yeah. it's difficult for me to 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 apply that mindset and think that way that's just not my opinion but i don't know just who I am. If you don't like it, don't have to buy it. That's uh, kind of where I kind of stand. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. I bought Let's one hope skin people in the play shop. games without the skins. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting topic, uh, Johnny. I think that's a good place to end. I don't know if uh, there's anything you want to kind of uh, shout out at all um, as we. Approach. Shout out to you, Jaws, for starting a new ah, YouTube series, and I look you. forward. I hope you have some players on here, uh, coaches. Yeah, that's the plan. That that'll, that'll be real fun so yeah thank you for su- choosing me as your test subject for your new youtube <laughs> show yeah true actually uh, yeah no problem are you gonna do it on audio platforms i'll download the podcast and stuff as as well that's a good idea i didn't think about that but yeah maybe i'll do that too that people is, listen uh, to it in the car and stuff you know maybe yeah, like that's 20 people but it'll help yeah yeah for sure thank you I, I will put that on Spotify, actually. Good good thinking, Johnny. Thanks for the info. I, no, I appreciate that. Thank you for having, um, ha- coming on, Johnny, honestly. Uh, Johnny's Twitter link and Instagram and whatnot will be down in uh, the comments below. And I guess, well, today is Monday. I, we'll see each other tomorrow anyway for uh, for Plat Chat. So that's going to be a good time. So PogChat. I got to write the script now. There you go. All right. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. If you've made it this far, I really appreciate all of you. And uh, yeah, I will catch you next time in the deep dive.